Welcome to The Blitz, the all-new NFL podcast brought to you by your host, Jacob Etchings. Together, we'll dive deep into the scores, news, and reactions around the NFL, as well as look ahead to the games this weekend. So without further ado, let's get started. So we're kicking things off today with the Carolina Panthers and this new story coming out today with Matt Herney and his process with Cam Newton. Um, according to an interview he did, he had a process for Cam Newton, basically can protecting Cam Newton. And that is what they were going to do going forward. This was something two summers ago. So what, two years ago that they were going to go forward with protecting Cam Newton. I mean, I don't know so much that they protect him because he does run around all the time. So who knows where that is, but I will tell you one thing that protects Cam Newton, that defense, something not talked about a lot is the defense there in Carolina. I mean, it was talked about a lot, I guess, back when uh, uh, Josh Norman was there, and and uh, and they were certainly a very, very good defense back then. But then, you know, they went down. They got a couple younger players. These guys haven't really done the gone up to snuff, I guess. But you know, they're they're, they're learning. Um, but a lot of people, if you look at the stats here, the parent, the Carolina defense is twelfth in points, thirteenth in total yards, twenty second in pass yards, and that twenty second in pass yards has to do mainly with those young corners who have a hard time with a deep ball. Um, just go back and watch the Ravens game for that one, you know. Um, but uh, back back to the defense as a whole, they you know come the colder months, come the 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 playoff time, um, that's when you're gonna have to stop the run. And believe it or not, this defense thus far is second against the run in the NFL. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, second against the run in the NFL. That's the Panthers. Um, and when it comes to playoff time, teams that can stop the run seem to be teams that go deep in the playoffs, especially teams that have to go, you know, we'll get to it later with the Green Bay Packers. I'm a Packers fan, so we'll get to it later. But teams that traditionally have to go to places like Green Bay and um, have to go to, uh, the, you know, the northern places, you know, Pittsburgh, New England, all those places, um, Philly, if you have to travel on the road to those places, you know you're going to have to stop the run. Um, and, and offensive teams know they're going to they're gonna have to run the ball because it's going to be harder to pass the ball. And when you're playing a team like the Panthers that can stop the run like that, it's just going to make it tougher, which makes, you know, this all this this herny thing, I guess the goofy way I started this off, um, come full circle because, you know, I guess he's protecting them with that defense, you know, because if you got a team that just can uh, stop the other team and force them to to try to throw the ball in a cold weather situation and just turn the ball over and you keep giving it back to a big tight end at quarterback and Cam Newton um you know anything can happen so uh so definitely you know that defense is the big thing um going forward to keep an eye on with the uh with the Carolina Panthers um and and, and really when you look at them they're they're overall contenders in the NFC the only thing is, is the NFC's loaded with contenders so it's like you know, they get just buried in the bunch. You know, you got the Eagles, you got the Rams. I mean, uh, and, and the Rams, they look phenomenal. You got the Saints who just signed Des Bryant. You know, let's, you know, jump to that. That's in the same division, the NFC South. Um, you got the Saints just getting Des Bryant. That's that's a big move. Um, Des is a deep ball guy, and Drew Brees is a, who who throws the ball deeper, better deep than uh, – than, uh, Drew deep ball, Drew, uh, deep ball, Drew Brees, you know, I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, he, he is, he, he, he's the guy when it comes to that. So, so getting Des Bryant, that's a, that's definitely a move that, um, that was big for them. And, you know, the guy already got Michael Thomas, um, Ted Ginn went down and I think that's what opened up the idea of going out and getting, um, getting Des Bryant is, is Ted Ginn going down. You get a deep ball guy there. Um, 
And you know what? Maybe that's who Michael Thomas was calling last week. You know, we're thinking he's calling the uh, Rams defense, but maybe he's calling Des Bryant. He's like, hey, dude, I'm tired of running the ball. I'm tired of running deep and doing these deep routes. We need to get your old ass out here and run these the rest of the season, trying to make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, but um, but that's a scary team. And I think that's another reason why the Panthers aren't brought up in this conversation so much with the defense that they have is that, you know, with a team like the Saints in your division, um, it, it, it's, you know, you're just kind of the second story, you know, especially especially behind a team like that, especially knocking off the Rams the way they did um, in that impressive game. Um, On to another contender, I would say, is the uh, in the AFC um, the San Diego, San Diego, ah! the LA chargers, which that's so sad. If we want to just jump to a side for that, that is so sad. The L the LA chargers and the LA Rams, like LA gets two teams and, uh, and Oakland runs off to, to Vegas, which, um, which I'll get into later. This show is hosted here out of Pahrump, which is, um, you know, our outside of Las Vegas. I grew up in Las Vegas, born and raised, um, Vegas strong. But uh, the uh, but the fact the Raiders coming over that's uh, you know mm. it looked really beautiful, very promising at first. Um, but uh, story for another day there. But yeah, the Chargers, L.A. Chargers just doesn't have the ring. The San Diego Chargers sounds almost like I was trying to say Raiders there, but still, you know, the Chargers that uh, they belong in San Diego. But um, but nonetheless, definitely contenders. You know, went up to Seattle and got the win there. Um, the the Chargers are they're another team that don't get brought up enough and that's mainly because the Chiefs you know obviously Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs um they got that 10 point win over them in that earlier game this year and um they don't play them again until December in um Kansas City and I'll honestly tell you December Kansas City Chargers on the road I know they won in Seattle I think they lose that game too but 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 wait Chargers fans I think they're better come playoff time. I think the Chargers make a further run. Even if they're starting in the wild card and the Chiefs get a first-round bye, I think the Chargers make a deeper run. Um, I love Pat Mahomes. I think the deep ball is fantastic. He's my fantasy quarterback. I mean, he's – I love the guy. But I'll tell you what, I I just have a funny, funny, funny feeling about those Chargers. I have a funny feeling about those Chargers. I feel like if they play in the playoffs in Kansas City, the Chargers might win that game, but – I have a, you know, you go off a feeling sometimes and I feel like the Chargers, the Chargers right now are that sleeper team. So if I, if I'm going to start this off with, uh, the sleeper, sleeper Super Bowl, um, Panthers, Chargers could be there. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh no, it's going to be the Rams and the Chiefs or the Saints and the Chiefs. I mean, we all know that probably the Patriots are going to be in it, but, um, but yeah. And then, uh. To our last point to to kick off the uh, the start to this episode, um, Aaron Rodgers. Did anybody hear that last week? The uh, the herd with Greg Jennings, him calling him out, kind of calling him out, not really calling him out, but um, but uh, going on the record of saying a story that happened between him, Aaron Rodgers, and a cornerback in a Week One game in that last year where Jennings was playing there in Green Bay. So basically, if you didn't hear, um, basically I guess Jennings was out there running a lot of simple routes. And this corner, man, well, who was it? I can't remember right now, but this corner comes up and says, you know, hey, you know, Greg, why are you running all these simple routes? Why they got you, you know, why they got you doing all this? Uh, you know, they're not getting you the ball. And uh, Jennings is like, 
Well, you know, man, it's a, it's a contract year for me. You don't know. You know what's going on sometimes. Um, and that's where Aaron Rodgers, I guess, is nearby and is like, hey, you know, to the corner, maybe you guys should get him next year. And, of course, this is, you know, shock Jennings. He was hurt in the rest of the season. You know, he's jilted. We all know what happened afterwards, how jilted he was um, from Green Bay. Uh, and, you know, I think that starts to shine a brighter light on Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm a Packers fan. I'm a diehard, you know, Packers fan. You know, um, and, and I love Aaron Rodgers. He's he's one of the greats. He really is one of the greats. But when you look at him as a leader on a team, you know, look at the receivers he's had. You know, you got Jordy Nelson. You got um, – now, of course, you got Delon Downs. But back then, you know, you got Donald Driver. Um, Greg Jennings, Jermichael Finley, you know, he had some veteran guys that, that, that were, I mean, that were in a sense kind of already in the, in the middle of things and, and were, were getting out there and, uh, and catching passes and, and, and really already messed with Rogers to, you know, despite the kind of the character he kind of had. So no one really could tell what Rogers was because he's a great quarterback he's a great passer of the football and these receivers can pretty much are, are are really good as well when you look at the Packers now and this this young cast of wide receivers you start to think can they mesh with this type of quarterback this type of leader this is a younger type of receiver too these guys aren't you know this is a whole new generation of wide receivers they different feelings you know they're talking about the whole nfl and Le'Veon bell and um and expressing yourself and talking more it, it, are these these the type of guys can they mesh now with aaron Rodgers? is this starting to shine a light like well this is like a rogers we've always seen we remember what we saw in this past off season with with him and calling out the younger wide receivers is he a hard around the edges kind of guy when I mean, we you know, what's what's the feeling there? And is that kind of the, the thing now? I mean, he's the hundred million dollar man now. I mean, he's he's making the the big time money. Hundred what seventy? I don't even remember what that contract was, but a massive contract for Aaron Rodgers. Um yeah, I mean, well that'll be interesting to look forward and and see. Nothing's really come out about it since, you know. We haven't seen too much, and that's kinda that's traditional Green Bay. You're not gonna really see them really mention much going forward but that's going to be interesting when we go the rest of the season you have the dolphins this weekend in green bay that's going to be a tough one the dolphins are no snuff you can't just sneak right past them um but uh it's definitely gonna be interesting to watch and definitely gonna be interesting to watch in the off season how these younger wide receivers develop under rogers and 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 where that goes and, and what stories we possibly hear going into the summer um so that's it for this ep- for this start of the episode. I thank you for being around for the first 10 minutes. Um, hope you come around for the next 10 minutes. Thank you for listening to The Blitz. And we're back to The Blitz with your host, Jacob Etchings. Um, and we're going to start this sec- second segment off of this episode with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys got a big game this week, Sunday night against the Philadelphia Eagles. They travel to Philadelphia, which is always fun. They're 3-5. and five. Um, This week, running back Ezekiel Elliott has gone on the record as saying that this is a big game for them. Um, duh. Uh, this one is a big game, and he kind of that's kind of his answer for the reporters. This one's a big game. It's also a divisional game, um, both making it big. But it is, it is a big game, you know, mathematically. You know, you given how many teams are in the NFC wildcard hunt, you know, there's about 10 or so or in that mix. Um, so that means that if the Cowboys have to go 6-2 and two to finish out the season to, to be in that mix, and if they drop this game to the Eagles, that's 
kind of tough. That's going to make it really tough for the rest of the season, um, especially with the Washington Redskins in the NFC East as well. So um, this one's a tough one. I honestly think that the Eagles are going to win this one handedly at home. I mean, the Cowboys, they made that last-ditch effort for Amari Cooper, that deep ball with Amari Cooper. And I know I keep talking about that deep ball this episode, and it's the big thing in the NFL is, you know, the new rule changes this last offseason. They said it was going to make the deep ball, you know, better, make the passing game a little bit better. And that's what we're seeing, big scores. We're seeing a lot of passing yards. And that's what the Cowboys go were going for, I think, with Amari Cooper. But I think you just got the run of the mill, what, you, what you're going to get with Amari Cooper. Cooper. Um, definitely not worthy of throwing a first round pick at when Dak's your quarterback and he just doesn't seem like the guy dipping Dak, you know, um, that's not the guy you're going to want to get when you get the deep ball guy, you know? Um, so I, I think the season may be over for the Cowboys. I'm sorry, Dallas fans. It might be over. Um, I might be wrong. They might go into to to Philly Sunday night and uh, and surprise all of us. But those Eagles are tough. That's a good defense, good offense. They're defending champions for a reason. But that's a good damn. That's a good team. Excuse my language. Um, that's a good team. Um. So moving on, staying in Texas, uh, let's move on to the Houston Texans. Um, they've really turned their season around after going 0-3, um, and I think that's partly with Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson's just really breaking out in his second season. He really didn't get that opportunity, obviously, last year with the injury. Um, comes out this year, and DeAndre Hopkins, beast. Lamar Miller, beast, kind of. I know we don't we don't want to completely dedicate ourselves to that and commit to calling him a beast, but he's looking pretty darn good, ladies and gentlemen. He's looking pretty darn good out in Houston, and of course they got that great defense with Jadavian Clowney and um, and JJ Watt as those pass rushers. Um, I mean statistically they're still middle of the road, but I think the the Texans are a really solid team, probably the best team in the AFC South, really closely with the Colts. I don't think the Colts defense is all the way there. Um the offense looks great. Andrew Luck looks pretty good on his and you know coming back, he actually looks really good in my opinion coming back. Um he's kind of reignited uh TY Hilton. Um and they have a decent I think they got a pretty good little running back in Marlon Mack and he'll he'll grow into that role there at running back um with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, so I think they're really close, them and the Texans. And then I know what you're asking. Well, okay, then where are the Jacksonville Jaguars fall on all this? Uh, third? Maybe maybe fourth? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, actually, you know what? Fourth. Actually, now that I remember, they go, they go about fourth. And I probably sneak the Titans in there. I sneak the Titans in there. I'm not fully committed to the offense with the Titans, and I think they could sneak ahead to be the best team at the end of the year um, in the in the AFC South. But uh, that defense for the Titans is no joke. Um, I, I'm not fully ready to commit to the offense, but that defense is no joke. So, honestly, I think I I put Jacksonville Jaguars at fourth. Um, I, I think they're, they're going to make a comeback. I think – um, in this week, I have them actually winning in my picks. So it's funny I'm um going on this tangent now that they're so bad. But um, I you know Blake Bortles is just he's not the guy, and they paid him to be the guy, and now he's definitely not the guy. And then and then when you look at running back, it's like Leonard Fournette's like can he stay healthy? And you can see the organization's kind of even thinking that they trade for Carlos Hyde. Um, you have TJ you have uh, TJ Yeldon uh, or TY or TJ Yeldon. Um. 
So it's kind of like a whole mess. They almost they had Jamal Charles. I don't believe he's there anymore, but they had Jamal Charles. Um, I think Fournette coming back this week against the Colts helps them. I think they win this week against the Colts with Fournette back. But um, I think going forward, you look at the season as a whole, they're going to have to lean on Bortles in big games, and it's just not going to fly. I think it's just... Um, I think it's just gonna it's just gonna keep falling apart like we've seen mostly this season, um, and and they leaned on Fournette a ton and that defense a ton last year and it just surprised a lot of people. And I think this year going forward, um, they're just not surprising anybody. Um, back to the Houston Texas fun little uh, statistic: they're the second team in NFL history to win six in a row after opening zero and three. That's pretty big because you know the whole thing is if you open zero and three, you're definitely not making the playoffs. And the Texans have definitely turned that tied around and if they can keep rolling they'll definitely be a playoff team and they're a scary team because they're good they got a good pass rush they're they're good enough defensively um and then they're good enough on offense they got a lot of high power on offense that they could make a run if they stay healthy um that's just it's a competitive division there um but the afc in my opinion is a little bit more open than the nfc so you know you have that um so moving forward uh we're going to wrap this this episode up with my picks for this weekend. This episode's going to be a little bit shorter than probably my going forward episodes. This is uh, the first episode of the long, hopefully many, many, many episodes that we have here on The Blitz. Um, we're going here into week 10. We'll, uh, we'll have episodes every week going throughout the rest of the season. Um, we may have a few episodes trickle in here and there. You know, big news, big things happen. We'll, you know, drop an episode here and there. But uh, these types of episodes weekly, um, every Thursday night, we uh, should have an episode coming out um, talking about the games that night going ahead into the weekend give you some picks some tips what's to watch news you know all that kind of fun stuff that we do here on the blitz um but yeah so i really thank you know anybody for reaching out you know anybody that's reached out and listened to this uh you know it's a start of something and uh and hopefully it's something that lasts a long time and we have a lot of people listening and a lot of a lot of fun on this podcast that's that's really the the big part a lot of fun a lot of football um, that's what we do, but, uh, onto the picks here. So the big picks for this weekend, I got the big picks against the spread. Um, I, I got for my first one, I got the Atlanta Falcons minus four and a half going to Cleveland. I think the Falcons light it up in this game. I think they absolutely light it up. Matt Ryan and the Falcons light it up in this game against Cleveland. Cleveland's just empty in house, which I wasn't buying into that whole nonsense at the beginning of the year. You got Baker Mayfield. I think it was a terrible pick. I think they should have taken Saquon Barkley, but I'm happy they didn't because now Saquon can have a career in New York. Um, I don't know what the deal is with the Cleveland Browns. They're the Cleveland Browns. They're literally the Browns. I don't know what the deal is. They they fired now their offensive coordinator. They fired their head coach, Hugh Jackson, which they maybe should have hired, fired Hugh Jackson in the offseason, and then they didn't, and then they they bring in Baker Mayfield when Hugh Jackson – I don't know if anybody heard that when he got fired was on the record as saying, you know, I wanted to get Deshaun Watson. I wanted to get um, Carson Wentz, but they wouldn't let me, uh, a.k.a., you know, upper management owners, GM. Um, And I think that's the problem there in Cleveland. They're trying to sell the sport because it's so hard. And I, I maybe it's I've never been to Cleveland, so maybe that's the deal. Um, and maybe if I got some listeners out there in Cleveland, you can weigh in and uh, let me know. Maybe what's the feel there? Is it hard to sell tickets? Maybe that's their more of their draw. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I don't know why you go with a guy like Baker Mayfield. He's a developmental guy, but he's more of a third, fourth round guy. He's not, he, I didn't think he was a first round guy. He's a guy that needed a lot of work to, to, to mend in. He's not a first round, first overall pick. Um, so yeah, so I think, you know, back to the pick, I think the Atlanta Falcons run away with it this weekend in Cleveland. Um, they definitely hit the number minus four and a half. They can do this. And that Browns defense is good. It's just, it's a muck there in Cleveland. You know, they've built a great defense, but they're just the management, the coaching, everything's so bad. I mean, even the offense, the personnel on offense and defense are not that bad. They just, upper management and the coaching just don't seem to be there year in, year out. And um, and the team just doesn't perform. You know, they win a couple games, we get excited, and then they lose a bunch. Um, so, yeah. Falcons, minus four and a half, light it up this weekend. Next pick. Um, I know I went into this a little bit earlier. You know, it's going to sound like an oxymoron. Yeah, I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars this weekend. Jaguars this weekend, minus three against the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. And the big one for this one is, like I said, Leonard Fournette coming back this week. I think it's going to be this huge, um, you know, resurgence of the Jacksonville Jaguars under Fournette. Well, I mean, not under Fournette, but, you know, with Fournette on the field. And I think that's going to that's gonna push them to do enough to win this game. And I think they could win it by a touchdown. Um, I'm going to win it by a touchdown, especially plus three. Um, they're, they're getting some points. So um, I think this is definitely a solid pick against the Colts with the Jacksonville Jaguars. But don't be picking the Jags for the rest of the year, in my opinion. I think this is a one-week Jacksonville, they got Fournette. If you got him in fantasy, put him in this week against the Colts. Next week, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Um, And then my last pick for the week, Monday Night Football, the 49ers minus three going against the Giants in San Francisco. The Giants, I don't know what it is. I think Eli's just done. And I think that's everybody saying that now. Eli is kind of done. And and it's sad to see a a quarterback like that, a Manning, kind of go the way he has. And I think but him being a Manning is the way he's going the way he has. If he wasn't a Manning, he probably would have been cut you know, season ago, and they would have brought a young guy in here, but it's all, it's Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, the Manning tree, the man, their, their, their dad was also a quarterback for the Saints way back in the day. So it's all the Mannings. So I think that led to why uh, Eli's kind of outlasted his, his, uh, his welcome there with the New York Giants. Um, but they got all the pieces around it. They got Beckham. They got Saquon. They got everything. Um, problem is they're going to be going to San Francisco playing the 49ers who have Kyle Shanahan, who it seems like no matter who he's got under quarterback, under center, they're going to have a decent game because it's Kyle Shanahan. And that guy is a genius coach. Kyle Shanahan is a genius coach. He's going to make the best out of this season even though all the pieces that he put in place got hurt. Honestly, and this is how I'll end this episode off and give you a little something to chew on until next time. Um, Best coach in California? Kyle Shanahan, best coach in California, NFL coach? I know a lot of you are like, whoa! Sean McVay, whoa! Are you forgetting LA Rams? I'm not, but... Shanahan. I mean, you look at what the Rams have. I mean, yeah, McVay's a genius, and he's got all this, you know, backwards behind his head, crazy plays going deep. Everybody, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, this guy's here, this guy's there. Todd Gurley's got the ball. (laughs) 
Just a little recording because the little uh, Sean McVay, uh, Kyle Shanahan debate got a little cut off there with some technical difficulties. Um, like I said, this is our first episode, so a um, little uh, cut off there mid sentence. But um, but yeah, you got you got Sean McVay. He's got the Rams, but he's got you know he's got all these plays. He's got Todd Gurley grinding the ball out, grinding the ball out. Guys going here, guys going there. All of a sudden, Cooper Cup's deep. And, and, you know, they're scoring a million points on everybody, and they look fantastic. Um, but <sighs> Shanahan's a good coach. And if we were talking coach to coach, man, the, the pieces that Shanahan has to work with. I mean, who's Nick Mullins? Who is Nick Mullins? I mean, was that the question we were all asking ourselves last week after, after that game? Who is Nick Mullins? Is he? Even Twitter was like, who is Nick Mullins? We got to verify this guy. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, Kyle Shanahan, uh, I think the question's there, and I think that's going to be a big question going into the future because McVay's a really good coach too. Who's the best coach in California? But that's going to be a big game for, for years to come, I think. If those coaches stay in place and those teams um, stay somewhat together, the Rams, they're only going to be that way for the next few years. I mean, we're, we're in a cap league. But, um, but yeah, going forward, that's going to be a good game to watch. Watch these two coaches duel it out for the next few years there in California. Um, Definitely interesting. But uh, back to it, I am. I thank all you guys for listening to this first episode of The Blitz. I know we had that little cutoff there, but um, it's all good. I hope uh, you all come back next week and listen to The Blitz. Like I said, we may have some episodes that drop here and there. Um, I'm trying to fit in a fantasy episode if I can. Uh, so look for that. We might be coming out with a fantasy football uh, episode as well. But uh, like I said, uh, weekly episodes every Thursday night. Um, look for the fun episodes in between. In between now and then. Hope you all stay good.